What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're boyfriend and girlfriend, and we like to get scared together. Yep, and today we're talking about Invisible Man, The Invisible Man. Yeah, we're the going, Invisible we're going Man. way back. We're not talking about the novel about racism. Ralph Ellison. I kept Googling Invisible Man, and I didn't realize I was on the Wikipedia for that. And I was like, this is an allegory for racism? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember in AP English <laughs> in 11th grade. It was like, we're reading Invisible Man. I was like, oh, cool. That's like like that sci-fi thing, right? And it's like, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Very different things. Very different things. This is The Invisible Man, which yes. we watched because we just went to Halloween Horror Nights where they have a very cool Universal Monsters maze. It's so cool. One of the best best mazes there this year yeah so good and i i think we both felt bad about not having really seen those movies and i i think part of those i've seen you know like we've all seen parts of those movies we're all familiar with the famous scenes in them but i don't know if i've ever actually sat and watched a universal monster movie i don't think i have i've watched nosferatu tons of times Mm -hmm. and uh i think i watched a hammer i watched a dracula i don't know if it was a christopher lee or another one but i don't think i've watched the the universal ones but this box set just came out this kick-ass box set of blu-rays with uh over 30 30, of the movies and it's like invisible man wolfman frankenstein dracula Creature from uh, Black Lagoon, Phantom of the Phantom Opera. Phantom is in there, yeah. All I know is that Abbott and Costello are all over They're that box all set. Because they meet all those fuckers. The nation's top comics, Abbott and Costello. Petrified, but hilariously. The dangerous and terrifying Wolfman. The vampire Batman, Count Dracula. The most dreaded creature of them all. The Frankenstein monster. Plus a couple of luscious but designing females. In the spookiest laugh fest on record. I, I don't think I've seen any of those. They're all old movies. This one's from 1933, 1933. the first year of FDR's presidency. Yeah. So, yeah, these are these are old movies. Specifically, this one is pre-code. Pre-code. We've Most about of, this before. I think the real, like the big classics are pre-code. Yeah. Uh, I think the first big one to come out and be super affected by code was Bride of Frankenstein because hmm. that was 35. So I think that one they had a little trouble with, but I'd like to cover that one eventually. Yeah, because it's the same director. We've discussed uh, the Hayes Code before, but just briefly, it was uh, the movie industry's uh, regulations before ratings were a thing. Yes. Yeah, so what happened was before the before nineteen was it nineteen thirty four mid nineteen thirty four is when the codes start. So before then. Movies were kind of like whatever. whatever there wasn't man. any regulating body put in place to keep movies from not doing certain things. Um, then there's a big to do by uh, specifically Roman Catholics in the United States were protesting against immoral content in film. And th- there was the threat. It got to be such a big deal that there was the threat of the government getting involved. And there was the legitimate threat of there being government censorship against films so the film industry was like well we don't want that to happen let's just we'll, we'll do that ourselves so that it's us doing it and not the government doing it yeah so the Hayes code isn't a legal 
law. It's a self-governing type thing. Yes. I, I, it's not like an act passed by Congress. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. This is a board put together by the MPAA. Yeah. And after that came into effect, I think movies got lame. Yeah. Because Hayes Code, what you you can look online at the list of, of things that you are not allowed to do in movies. And it's all, it's all the fun stuff. I mean, it's all this stuff that is, is interesting about humans. <laughs> yeah. <and> especially <laughs> stuff that's pretty uh, integral to this genre. Yeah. The horror genre. And it's also just a, a pretty stark illustration of where we're at. Uh, society-wise at that time because things that are considered immoral in film are things like um, interracial partnerships and homosexuality and any implications of sex, you know. So that's kind of all the fun stuff. All the all the fun (laughs) stuff, exactly. But this was made before that, and so it's got a lot of murder, dude. Yeah, it does. Got a lot of murder. Lots of murder. <laughs> and I think, I think too, it's fair to point out that after Hayes Code, there's still, you can have movies with murder in them, but you have to have your villain be an obvious villain. They have to be punished. Mm. Yes. So that's why. This wouldn't work then. Not really, no. I mean, he, I he's guess. He's a little gray. Oh, he's very gray. Yeah. Yeah. Invisible Man's a dick. Yeah. Jack Griffin, mm-hmm. the character. Uh, now, obviously, like we just said, we haven't seen the. We're not experts on these movies or oh, these God, properties or all. these characters because Jack Griffin has his own Wikipedia article. I couldn't even begin to get into that. Is he part of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen too? Yes, I'm. So I just am gonna. There's so is. there's so much of this that we are a hundred percent ignorant of. Please excuse that. We're just gonna talk about this movie, the yeah. one that started it. I mean, it's based on the H.G. Wells book. Yes, and that came out 1897. I did some. I did some research on just the what went into making this movie and the actors and filmmakers involved because that's always really interesting to me. I think old Hollywood people have such crazy lives. Like, oh yeah. Oh man, I I think it's hilarious that today there maybe there's we we maybe think it's a modern idea that oh celebrities they just get married and get and get divorced and do click it was on way worse back then. Me too. Go to any any old Hollywood celebrities Wikipedia and look at how many times they got married. It's case, so many times. Case in point, Mr. Claude Rains here. Yeah, our, our very own Invisible Man married six different times. Damn. Yeah, but that you know I I expected that. I think every actor slash actress from around then was married like five or so times. So. <laughs> and uh, he's a an English actor, mm-hmm. and this was his American film debut. Yep, and then after he goes on to be in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Casablanca, Lawrence of Arabia, a ton of other shit. I'm sorry, who's he in Casablanca, the he, villain guy? Yes. Yeah. How can he close me up? On what ground? I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out at once. Claude Rains is a a villain. Like, he's typecast as villains. Yeah. He's always playing bad guys. That's what he's known for. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's he's great. I mean, most I, of this movie is a voice performance from him. But it's still so good. But it's still great. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's accents in this are off the walls. <laughs> yeah. The tavern lady's my favorite. Yes. She's we'll talk insane. a lot about her. Uh, playing his love interest, which is a movie creation, not originally in the this book. This is not I saw, in the book. No, uh, is is Gloria Stewart. Guys, Gloria Stewart. Um, what a woman! Because this is <laughs> this is going to turn into the Christopher Lee minute, but for Gloria Stewart. Okay. Because she's also someone where when I was reading her Wikipedia, I was like, damn, that's a woman right there. She like <laughs> she lived a fucking life, dude. She 
was a labor activist starting at a very young age. She wanted to join the Communist Youth Party in, in the U.S., but was too young. You couldn't join if you were under 18. <laughs> so, But she still got really involved with labor reform and labor activism. She was one of the founding members of the Screen Actors Guild. Nice. Yeah. And she helped form the Hollywood Anti-Nazi League in 1936. Yeah, kick those Nazis' asses. She was also an environmental activist. And then she, after she retired from acting, she became an artist, did all kinds of stuff, printing, painting, decoupage. And yet that wasn't her true retirement Hold on, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. She also did a lot of bonsai tree work. And if you live around L.A., and oh, yeah. you are familiar with the Huntington Gardens, which is one of our favorite places on the planet. There is a exhibit there of bonsai trees, and a bunch of those bonsai trees are ones that she pruned. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, she died at 100 years old. Bam. What a woman. But so you know what she did before you she may died. Mo- you may know her. Oh, you know her. You know her, especially if you're our age. Most famously, she is Rose in Titanic. That's right. But now you know there was a man named Jack Dawson and that he saved me in every way that a person can be saved. She's present day Rose mm-hmm. in Titanic. She and she was that movie. nominated for awards for that. Was she? she? I'm not, you know, I'm not sure, actually. No, no. Yeah, she came out of retirement, I think, to, to play that role. Hell yeah. Yeah. Throw that necklace in the sea. Spoiler, sorry. Oh, no. I'm sorry. But yeah, uh, what a fucking woman. I love learning about people like that and running into people like that when we're doing this podcast. It's crazy. Because here we are reviewing a movie from 1933 with an actress who we know from a movie from 1997. Yeah. What the fuck? Incredible. And then also we have uh, Henry Travers playing Dr. Cranley, who is Flora's father in this movie, who you may uh, know from It's a Wonderful Life. He's the guardian angel. I think that's his most famous role. Well, who are you then? Clarence Hart, buddy. AS2. AS2? What's that? AS2? Angel, second class. And the director, James Whale, was openly gay during his time in Hollywood. Seems to me a joke leaps out at the screen when you see very camp actors. I think that is the word that we have to apply to James Whale's movies. Camp. It's a good word. It's often connected with being gay. It's an irony which you're laughing at the world, but you're you're really enjoying it at the same time. I really want to talk more about him in another podcast because he also did Bride of Frankenstein. And that movie, a lot of critics believe that there is a lot of homosexual subtext in it. Interesting. And that's something I want to talk about on a queer representation episode, which is going to happen. I just asked someone to be a guest on it, and they said yes. Nice. And I won't say any more than that. Yeah, we should also maybe consider an episode on uh, the Hayes Code and how it affected the genre. Yeah. Uh, and just uh, delve deeper into that that era of film history, which is what we're all about here yeah. on the Dead Meat Podcast, mm-hmm. which is such a good product, Chelsea. You're so good at it. Oh, thank you. Everyone loves it. Thank you. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so proud. So... The, this movie, though, I think is really famous specifically for its effects, its yeah. visual effects, which are a it's lot. It's a guy they, invisible man. Yeah, they still like. They're fine. Yeah, they hold up. As, yeah. I know, mean, half the time when things are moving around the air, it's obvious it's on wire. Like, you can't see the wires. But, but it's they're moving wires. through air in a way where it's like, 
a person's not carrying that. Yeah. The wires are carrying that. But it's still, but it's still great. great. It's, it's still so great. much fun. The effects in this, um, I have a, a team here credited for all the effects. We've got John P. Fulton, John J. Mescal, and Frank D. Williams. Frank D. Williams patented this effect I think in like 1918 or something, like like early ass film. Yeah, talking about things a hundred years ago. He patented the traveling mat, which is was used in film up until pretty like recently. I know Star Wars is a precursor to blue screen and green. Exactly. This is this is blue screen before film is in color. Mm. So what you would do is you would film an actor in front of a black background and in this case the invisible man the stuff you want to be invisible is also black velvet so his head is like in a black velvet thing (laughs) so when he's like unwrapping it the black blends into the background so that the the like part of the frame that's black you overlay the whole thing on top of the footage that's supposed to be the background yep so the stuff that is in the foreground which in this case is the invisible man is moving around the image and is in there which is why it's a traveling mat yeah yeah god i would love to see pictures of claude rains in like black velvet pants on set oh i'm sure that maybe you could find those maybe. i know those dvds came with uh so yeah the a lot of uh, behind the scenes pictures and stuff yeah i'd love to check that shit out also we have let's see uh john p fulton did he was like a special effects guy and he did a lot of stuff with hitchcock later and he did that the effects in vertigo i think maybe most famously that whole sequence if you haven't seen vertigo is so cool fulton said that the most difficult shot in the whole film was one in which the invisible man is seated in front of a mirror this required the filming of four separate pieces of film and later combining them together because you needed to film the back of the invisible man you needed to film the room that he's seated in then for the reflection part you needed to film the wall that is in the reflection. And separately, you needed to film the front of the Invisible Man as he unwraps himself. John J. Mescal did cinematography on Bride of Frankenstein. It's kind of neat looking at these old movies and seeing how much crossover there is between people. Oh, and I this, this part of the thing I was reading points out that near the end of the movie, I didn't notice this, but now that I think about it, it's kind of funny. The footprints the invisible man leaves in the snow near the end are shoe prints but they shouldn't that he should have bare feet yeah so his shoes were invisible clothes. yeah um hg wells so he again he read the book this is based off of the invisible mm. man didn't like this movie that much yeah well and he his whole thing was that his character in the book doesn't go insane character in the movie the invisible man goes insane because of the experiments he's conducting yeah because in the movie it's a side effect of what's making him invisible exactly because and i i think the filmmakers were like well we want him to be at least a little you want to be able to identify with him yeah yeah and i I think he also yeah he didn't have the girlfriend he didn't have friends (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fine yep there's a there ends up being a bunch of sequels for this so we've got uh so the original is the invisible man got the invisible man returns with vincent price yes that's a different that invisible i man. would love to watch mm-hmm. the invisible woman yeah which invisible... i think is more of a screwball comedy oh, okay invisible agent the invisible man's revenge and of course abbott, abbott and costello, costello meet, meet the, the invisible, invisible man. man all of these on blu-rays in that set check out that box set dude yeah i can't tell you how many times i've scrolled through my instagram feed uh for deadbeat james 
uh, where I just follow horror accounts and just so many people posting pictures of that and being like, look what I got. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's Everyone, a really cool box set. It. It's also nice to to get a box set of something where there's not going to be any more movies. <laughs> yeah, <know>? this one's done. <laughs> this We're done with these. They're old. We've got them all. We're good. Yeah. yeah. If the dark universe ever takes off, you can get a separate box set. But uh, Is that still happening? No. No, it is not. <laughs> Thanks, Mommy. Good job. I know there were rumors of a Johnny Depp and Wesley Man movie. That's right. Nope, that would have been part of it. Um. <clears throat> all right, so let's get into the actual movie yeah oh yeah and this movie was produced by lamely uh oh carl lamely yeah lamely and uh he's the namesake of a movie theater chain that's here in la i don't know if it's elsewhere probably not yeah but, we like uh, those theaters <laughs> they're nice theaters they're yeah cool. uh so yeah our movie starts we have a man arriving at the lion's head pub on a really snowy night yeah this is this all takes place in england yes in the southern england in uh iping mm-hmm. is the city name town yeah it's a town it's a it's, it's a not a city. it's a back lot set <laughs> yeah it's, that's fair um everyone at this pub is already is just hammering oh yeah you got classic dude trying to he's pretending to play the player piano i saw some dudes throwing darts i love that there's a table of women just like throwing back these giant beers they show them <laughs> for a little bit and i just want to know so much more about them the invisible man shows up we don't know he's invisible yet. I mean, obviously we do because it's clearly the invisible fucking man. He's, he's got, got the bandages <laughs> yeah. around his head and these goggles mm-hmm, and the then hat. a hat and a big trench coat. Yeah. So he, he shows up. He and, demands a room and a fire. Yeah. And the laughter just dies in this pub because <laughs> <laughs> this guy is freaky and he won't take off his coat and hat. Yeah, because she off uh, the the lady of the house, I guess. Um, yes, Jenny Hall, fucking great, Mrs. Hall. Yeah. Could I take a coat and hat, sir, and give him a nice dry in the kitchen? No. There is a close up of her looking like her reaction. It's looking very into good. the camera. I would love a gif of it. Anyone, yeah. Anyone want to give that to me, please? There's a lot of really good gifs. Yeah, because like in these movies, like they'll they'll have the two shot or the faraway shot of people talking, and then if they want a reaction, it cuts to like them so looking into the camera. Close, yeah. Close up. It's so weird and hilarious. And this lady has a lot of them, and it's, she's fucking great. It's a lot of fun watching older movies because. We hadn't quite figured out the language of cinema yet, so it's like you get these weird reaction shots that <laughs> now it just feels so fucking out of place, but they're great. Um, so she, she when after he's given his room, she tries to bring him food and, and tea, and she sees his face partially unwrapped, and I, I don't think it registers to her that he's invisible, but no. it looks weird. Like yeah, they think he's in, he's been in an accident and is all bandaged up, because yes. it's like a snowstorm outside, and he comes in from the storm, and they're like, oh, did you get, did you get hurt somehow? Uh, the, the lady's acting, I forgot to write down the actress's name. Whale's unparalleled flair for sardonic and unexpected comedy became his hallmark. He typically saved his most memorable touches for an always colorful supporting cast. Take Una O'Connor, for instance. Do you suppose that I'm going to carry tries backwards and forwards all day? Luncheon's at one, and it's one nil. Someone who, I think H.G. Wells very much appreciated her I saw that, yeah. that she was his favorite part. It's very theatrical. Yeah. Long shot, long takes of her just like, you know, doing actions and, and I love her until she starts screaming. She screams a lot. When she turns into the like hysterical character. Oh, fuck. 
And it's like it's it's that it's the screaming that overmodulates the sound recording devices they have. Yes. They didn't adjust the volume for it. Yeah. So it's just like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she to me sounded exactly like um members of Monty Python do when they do drag <laughs> yeah. when they're like the British um kind of granny character. They sa- yeah, it's she sounds exactly just like him. what she sounds like. It's so great. That's it comes from next door. Penguins don't come from next door. They come from the Antarctic. Burma. There's a lot of weird Monty Python characters in this movie, like mm-hmm. the cop who we'll get to later. Also, I love how apparently uh, mustard is such an important part of the meal that when she forgets to bring it up initially, she brings it back and it's a no-knock mustard d- delivery. Like she just opens the oh. door for like, here's your mustard. That's when she sees him partially unwrapped. Yeah. It's like, you fucking got to have that mustard, man. For what? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're in England. You probably got slathered on all the food there. Ha <laughs> Gotcha, yeah, England. Blood pudding or whatever the fuck <laughs> you're eating over there. <laughs> baked beans. <laughs> Only baked beans. Maybe yeah. with mustard. Whatever. We should just go back to at, at Universal Studios at Wizarding World. You can get a proper English breakfast at the, the three broomsticks. Mm-hmm. I always thought it looked a little questionable. But also, I can't eat half the stuff in it, so. I think I got it's it. It's a lot of meat. And it was gross. Really? Maybe. The other plot, uh, or I guess the parallel story going on here, is uh, of his employer, Jack Griffin's employer, who is Dr. Is, uh, Dr. Cranley. Dr. Cranley. And his daughter, Flora, who is Jack Griffin's fiance. Yes. And to clarify, yes, Jack Griffin is the Invisible Man. Yes. Char- and- None of the characters know this yet. No. They just know that Jack Griffin has gone missing. Yes, they're complaining about him missing. And I just love how, like, you know, yeah, uh, I guess back then. You yeah. could just go missing. Oh, no, I was going to say you are you just work for your fiance's dad. Like, you work for your dad-in-law. Oh, I yeah. mean, I guess that's not too uncommon now. No, because but... we, it, so um, I promise this is related. We've been going through old family pictures. Oh, My yeah. mom has a bunch of stuff. And if, from around the same time period, it would have been like the 30s. And sure enough, some of the stuff we have is like, uh, my great great grandpa with my great uncle who worked for my great great you know like they all worked at like an insurance company so like that just yeah yeah like you get a job and your boss has a daughter and all right i guess yeah. that's my wife now yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um so yeah so so jack griffin's been missing mm-hmm. and flora's worried because they're yeah they're together they're a thing. But there's another guy working oh, for Dr. Dr. Kemp. And it's Dr. Kemp. Dr. Kemp is just like, this is my chance. Yeah, to get with Flora. Yeah, he wants to get with Flora. Mm, he's got a slick back hair Dr. and his little Kemp mustache. Dr. Kemp cannot read the room. Flora, dear, please, darling, let me tell you how I feel. I can't work or sleep until I know. <laughs> oh, leave me alone. I do love that their claim to fame in the science world is discover they discovered more about preserving food. Yes, food preservation they, science. They've saved thousands of stomach aches. You know, it it sounds funny, but no, that's like legit important. Yeah, that's you know? a, in the original Wicker Man, that's kind of not, it's not exactly the same, but they're like, it's like food science and like that's what made oh. them their fortune originally is like engineering food what's uh what's the process called when you like can something i forget canning no <laughs> <laughs> like the more the stronger one sorry this is gonna sound dumb pickling nope uh like fuck i don't know whatever that discovery was was super important 
Because you could put food in there and it would stay good forever. Uh-huh. Good job, Cramley. All right. So um, back to you. The- he never care about anything but tubes and chemicals. Yeah, tubes. <laughs> I love that. He'll, he'll never love you. He only loves tubes and chemicals. Everyone's voices in this are so fun. It's great. I love it. Everyone pronounces... There's a specific way they pronounce the like a sounds that I find so weird. It's like the invisible men, like the <laughs> eh. There's a way back, you fool. We'll make our plans tomorrow. You say he brought a packing case up here. I don't know if this is transatlantic accent because it's all British actors in this. I don't. Oh, know is if... it all British actors? No, I mean not all, but um, Claude Rains is. And... Yeah. But I know transatlantic isn't part of the reason that was a thing is because just the way sound was in film, they had to make it so that you could understand. They had to speak certain ways so that because certain vowel sounds, I think, wouldn't pick up quite right. On, yeah, the recording devices couldn't. Uh, yeah, so that's accurate. why you've got weird vowels like invisible men. <laughs> I don't know if that's wrong. I'll cut it all out. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have that power. The Invisible Man, speaking of which, is uh, set up a little makeshift laboratory in the room he's renting. Yeah, so he is having an affair with all of his tubes and chemicals. That's right, and he's looking for a way back. He keeps saying there must be a way back. Yeah. uh, Presumably from being (laughs) invisible. Yeah. But, dude... You got to pay rent for your little makeshift lab. Yeah, we realize he's been there for weeks and just isn't paying rent. Yeah, and uh, Jenny, 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 she is upset about it. Yeah, she comes upstairs and she uh she gives him a what for. She's all mad. They all want to kick him out. I think the 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 actual like owner of the pub comes upstairs or a tavern or whatever and is like, "Hey dude, you like we need you to leave." And the invisible man before he can say anything else is like, "You think I'm hideous? Well, I'm doing science and you're all prejudiced against bandaged up people he goes on this whole thing and they're basically like dude it's fine like we don't think you're gross we you're just being an asshole and <laughs> you're ruining our carpet with all of your chemicals and you haven't paid rent <laughs> he, he, he does keep complaining about their interruptions he's like i i could definitely figure this out if they would just leave me alone <laughs> Ru- ruined by a foolish ignorant woman <laughs> yeah uh but eventually he fucking just uh beats that owner with a book and throws him down the stairs wow he that guy goes tumbling right down the stairs yeah and i doubt that was a stunt actor that was probably just that dude (laughs) they're probably like all right man it's 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 in the script you Mm -hmm. read this (laughs) yeah um this is when the cops get called because they're done and this is when a cop rolls up yeah what's all this what's all this yeah what's all this um this is our second monty python character that jaffers the cop his name is jaffers get the fuck out jaffers shows up (laughs) jaffers is the graham chapman like monty python cop i mean i could easily see Graham. I'm sure I could find a Monty Python sketch where Graham Chapman is playing this cop. All right, all right, all right, all right. My name's Police Constable Henry Thatcher, and this is a raid. At this point, Jenny is just a shrieking... Yes. ...like facade of a woman yeah because her her husband got thrown down as soon as that dude came down the stairs that was it for jenny yeah so she's screaming Mm -hmm. um this one the cops go upstairs and this is when the invisible man reveals his invisibility he's all rotten away yeah (laughs) he's what did they what did they say but like he's invisible that's what's the problem (laughs) yeah he's invisible that's what's the matter with him Um, yeah, Invisible Man just, I mean, basically, it's just a guy getting naked and yeah. he's starting to torment them. 
by you know moving stuff around he's throwing stuff yeah when he's when he's just a shirt running around yeah he gets completely he donald ducks it yeah and uh it's at that point the effect starts to show its weakness because the shirt's kind of see-through it's like if you if you oh. blend modes in in After Effects or uh, Premiere or Photoshop and you use like uh, a screen yeah. as a blending mode, it gets rid of all the blacks, but it also makes everything else a little see through, and that's what's going oh, on I here. See. Which is that's funny when this with wonky. this transparent shirt is chasing them around the furniture. It's fun, but it's then yeah, Scooby-Doo. you think about it, and it's just a guy who. Yeah, is is doing the Winnie the Pooh like See, he's got the, the shirt yeah. on with no pants. Throughout this entire movie, <laughs> I'm like, an invisible man is not a threat to me. I'm not scared of an invisible man. He he spends so many of these scenes scaring everyone from like throwing shit at them and like knocking shit over. It's very clear where he is when there's like uh, cups coming from one point in the room at you. It's not like he's like yeah. omnipresent. He's still just a dude. You just I, can't yeah. see him. Yeah. So go punch him and and hold him down and beat the shit out of him. It's, it's not hard. I mean, they kind of figure it out later when they try to catch him with giant nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they come up with some funny It's my favorite ways. thing is that the big climax of this movie is the <laughs> <laughs> just trying to catch him with a net. They fucking link arms Red Rover style to oh, try to so stop good. him. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And you just know that any remake of this would involve the climax of this being a big action sequence. Also, I guarantee if this got remade that the invisibility would also give him like super strength for some reason. I'm sorry. It has to because otherwise, like I said, there's nothing there's, fucking yeah, scary about an invisible man. But... I love that the climax of this is so much more like realistically, if there was an invisible man, like real life, someone did this and they were a threat. It would be a bunch of cops just trying to fucking catch him with a net. You know, (laughs) it'd be so fucking lame and awesome. Okay. So he, he jumps out the window of this tavern and goes to wreak havoc on the town surrounding Yeah. This is a fun sequence. It's so much fun. This is when they, you know, they had a meeting where they were like, okay, what can he do? What fun stuff can we do? Oh, how about knocking over a baby carriage? Yeah. Okay. He basically like spikes a baby onto the ground. (laughs) (laughs) He like tips this baby carriage. It's like, oh, steal a bicycle, knock an old man's hat off sure fucking curb stomp a baby yeah that's like all right whoa oh jack chill out dude yeah i like the bike the um, bike's a good bit it's a yeah it's a fun, i was trying I'm to still not sure how they i'm not sure how they did that either i love when i watch an older movie i'm like i have no fucking idea how they did that yeah it might have been on a track i don't know but you don't see any there was snow i don't know i don't know yeah it's really yeah, cool. me, universal you fooled me yeah um yeah this yeah poor old man he's like hello grandpa how are you and then takes his hat and throws it i love talking like claude rains it's a lot lot of fun fun. uh so uh, while this is happening dr cranley tells dr kemp that he realizes that jack has been because apparently jack's been doing science in his private time and he doesn't know what but he was looking at the list of chemicals jack's been experimenting with and he's like oh god Jack left here with a bunch of monocane. 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 What's that called? Monocane. <laughs> <laughs> Will it turn me invisible? Not at all. My, never mind. I'm no, no, keep, uh, commit. No. Aw, oh, I wanted to hear your best <laughs> Phil Hartman. Uh, not at all, my opaque friend. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, there you go. 
Um, so Mona Kane apparently sucks all the color out of stuff. Yeah, it was being experimented as a bleaching agent. Yeah. But then they discovered that when yes. you stuck it in a dog like scientists would back then just to see what the fuck no, happens, yeah. that dog went mad. Yeah, so what, what happened was Jack Griffin does not know Mm-mm. that Mona Kane makes you go crazy because mm-hmm. apparently the 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 only papers published about Mona Kane were papers where they're like it bleaches stuff it's awesome and this information about it being something that makes you go nuts is like i think what it's information only like some scientists were privy to or something it's a german scientist something yeah yeah something happened where jack does not know that this is what this yeah did. so he doesn't know he's being driven insane. yeah he doesn't know it by in- he's injecting but maybe he should have realized it when he fucking punted that baby Something's weird. But yeah, so Jack's been injecting himself with this over the course of weeks, apparently. Um, But he doesn't know how to come back. Nope. So he's trying to figure that out. So Jack breaks into Dr. Kemp's house and... Where where there's a radio broadcasting news about him. And (laughs) and at this point, the radio broadcast is like, this whole town has gone mad. They're thinking that there's an invisible man and Mm -hmm. uh, many people are injured probably from punching each other, thinking Mm -hmm. that there's an invisible man. Yeah. But I love how in this movie and I think all old movies, like the radio voice, there are no effects done to it. Oh, it's it's just... It is that... It's just a person's voice. This is the national station broadcasting this evening's news. Remarkable story from Country Village. That reminded me so much of how, like, the news report about a town that's gone crazy. It's so interesting how many times in history that that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> I think most famously the one where, I think it was medieval Germany, I'm the not sure. One? Yes, where yeah. everyone, or not, you know, it was the one where they danced themselves to death. That's right. Yeah, but there's, I think there, yeah, there was like a laughing. Well, see, you know, that town laughter. was originally the town in Footloose and they overcorrected. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you, it's like when you've been starved and then you eat food and mm-hmm. it just kills you because you can't handle that it. That was them. Yeah. So after this radio report plays, he turns the radio off and is like, yes, there is an invisible man and it's me. It's me, I'm Jack in your Griffin. house now. And, and I'm smoking a cigarette. That's right. He asks for a cigarette and it's he smokes it. And here's, okay, you know what? Mm, if I was going to nitpick it like Ooh. so many nitpicky channels do. <laughs> I would say this is an error and I cannot accept this plot hole. Later in the movie, Invisible Man says, I can't be invisible. I have to wear clothes after I eat food because you can see food in me. If he's smoking a cigarette. Where's that smoke? It should be in his lungs. I want to see little unacceptable lung shaped clouds of smoke in his torso region. Plot hole. Mm. This movie sucks. Fake. Zero stars. (laughs) So he wants to be partners with Dr. Kemp. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. He's like, I'll rule the world as a... Oh, uh, no, that's that's the news broadcaster voice. Uh, what's Claude Rain sound like? I'll rule the world I'll rule as an invisible <laughs> men. <end. laughs> no, that's some Twilight Zone stuff. Oh, am I getting a little Rod Serling? <laughs> Imagine, if you will, me ruling the world as an invisible man. Yeah, no, he's real excited to rule the world as an invisible man because he thinks that that's all it takes to rule the world. It's great because <laughs> he's telling he's telling Doctor DeCamp about his plans, and he's like, "We'll start, we'll start small, a few murders here and there." And you're like, "Whoa, dude, what?" Yeah, and he goes, "Murders, train wrecks, like." What? <laughs> 
He lives up to it. He does that. He does exactly those two things in this, murders mm-hmm. and train wrecks. Well, he also mentions rape in his plans. He does. Thankfully, we don't see any of that, yeah. Jack Griffin. Yeah, you little pervert. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't know why he needs a visible partner. That's his thing. I He's truly... like, you'll be my partner in the spectral realm, and I'll be invisible. And But then he also says, and then I'll that take breaks once I, take, once I figure out how to get back. I'll take breaks, and then you'll be invisible. And you'll be invisible, and, like, and I'll be visible. Like, All what? right, whatever. Dude, what? But like your whole power is to not be seen. You're kind of negating that by having a, a sidekick who's visible. I think it's probably just so if anything happens, he has someone to throw under the bus. I guess. Because I don't think he's doing it out of the goodness of his heart. No. Although, uh, by the way, we haven't mentioned his laugh. <laughs> great oh yeah it's really yeah. good and that's that's the thing that stood out to me in the maze yeah when you walk by He's invisible just... man uh is a very short part of the maze but it's, it's just so like one cool part. very cool looking it's such a cool effect and like there's dialogue playing and then he just keeps laughing and laughing man yeah, and he's and... laughing his tits off <laughs> he is just <laughs> <His> invisible titties <laughs> off yeah. and yeah it uh it stuck with me and so i was very thrilled to hear it in the movie as well yes and i'm I... assuming it's claude rains himself I think it is. I think it's dialogue about. Um, I think it's some of the dialogue was from the tavern when the police are trying to get him, and he's kind of monologuing. You're crazy to know who I am, aren't you? All right, I'll show you. Also, yeah, his his threat when Kemp is like, I don't know about this. He's like, I could take my I will take off. my robe off. So he's just threatening to get naked, and he's yeah, like, and no, like, No, God, please, please, okay, he's I'll just do like it. I'll show you nothing. Because cause, cause I'm not gay or anything. Yeah, I don't want your invisible dick. Yeah, but it's hilarious that this movie, for most of it, it's a man threatening others. He's he's planning world domination by threatening to get naked in front of people, and everyone's, mm-hmm. like, horrified by it. Um, but, yeah, he puts on this, like, robe. He has, like, a sleeping robe, like a like a night robe and he smoking gets those, jacket, kind of. I guess, and he gets more dark sunglasses, dark glasses, and they have, like, they're like Side. a 90 these degree These are the thing. iconic. Yeah, these are crazy. What are what's the purpose of those? Um, I don't know. I think they're like horse blinders kind of. Yeah, they're so cool. So you're protected from the side too. They're pretty cool. I like it. Although, I love his I love If you look. wore those now, you would look like the biggest asshole. Those sunglasses. Yeah. Those are like I just think of they're they're like steampunk. I was gonna say you it's can't very wear them. Yeah, yeah. You look like the biggest. Unless you have a whole steampunk getup. That yes, that's fine. But if it's just it's that just and a fedora, that oh god, sucks. Oh. <laughs> don't Sorry. do it. Mm. You gotta either do it all or don't do. <laughs> my those are my no fashion. half measures. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, the cops are questioning all these townsfolk. The police captain's pissed because he thinks this is all a hoax, and he's very upset about it because everyone's wasting his time which to be fair yeah like if i'm him i guess it's a whole town telling him what's up yeah but i guess everyone's drunk all the time so that's his excuse for Mm -hmm. not believing them but then the invisible man is there because him and kemper back to get his books that he left in the office jack remembers that he left all his books upstairs in that room that room that he rented yeah so he gets those and then and then he, he fucks just with them can't all. help himself he can't just go upstairs to get his shit he has to come back downstairs and start just throwing stuff everywhere yep. he kills a cop he does kill a cop by bashing him in the face with a table yeah. that sounds cool 
No, it's just it's just like a table light, <laughs> lightly falling on this dude's face. Yeah, there's not any. Gore there's in this, this weird lack of sound effects in this movie. Uh-huh. Not all the time. Sometimes they have sound effects, but sometimes stuff is moving around, and it's like just fo- just foley some shit in, man. Yeah, let me, let me hear something to make me believe it a little more. Sure. I do like how Jenny, at this point, when she realizes the Invisible Man is back in the room, jumps up on the table as though he were a mouse. Yeah, she yeah, like grabs her skirts, her skirts and yeah, yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, this is around when Jack tells Kemp that he yeah, food is visible inside of him while it's digesting. Dirt is visible under his nails. Rain will gather, like they'll run off his shoulders so he can't go out when it's raining because there will be just a person shape. See, so many fucking... There's a lot of drawbacks yeah, dude. to this. And you have to be naked. And you have to be naked. Dong to the wind. Yeah. To utilize this power. Yeah, it's not great. You ever? You, do you want to walk around town without shoes or socks on? I would just, if I did that like if i were an invisible person and i was just walking around naked i would just have nightmares all the time not about you know how you have nightmares where you show up to school naked but yeah. this would be like oh my god i forgot to turn myself invisible yeah nightmares it's not even that i'm naked you. it's like oh no i just forgot to do that one part <laughs> <laughs> um the police begin searching also i've had i've had a, a naked nightmare within the past couple of months really it's so weird how that's a thing i've yeah it's weird yeah i feel like that's just Always a thing. That and I always have nightmares about not studying for tests. Yeah. Yeah. Still, or not memorizing lines or something. For our play. for our younger listeners and viewers, that shit. That doesn't end. Yeah. School <laughs> school will PTSD itself into your dreams. Yeah, for and real. 10 years, 15 years later, you're still going to be having dreams that it's like, oh, fuck, this test I forgot to study for. Yeah. The police are offering a reward for any information about the Invisible Man, a thousand pounds. I did the math. Yeah. Um, okay, so a thousand pounds is nineteen thirty-three. That comes out to and I did this on a few different sites because I thought this seemed insane. Mm-hmm. It comes out to sixty-eight thousand pounds today. What's that in freedom dollars? Freedom dollars is about ninety thousand dollars. Wow. That's so much money. Damn. Just for a, a tip on yeah. how to get this invisible man. They have some good ones. Ink guns and uh Something else. Oh, what, for catching him? Yeah. Yeah, this is great. There's a lot of people calling the police who are like, I know how you can catch the invisible man. And it's everyone just pitching their really well, weird it's, ideas it's for how to get him. two guys. And then the third is Kemp, who's like, no, he's actually here. Come get him. And uh, I, I was like, no, have a third joke. Oh, have yeah, th- rule of threes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. man. Although I don't even know if they were meant to be jokes because I think later they have those ink hoses, don't they? Yeah. When they're waiting for him to come over the wall. I don't know, man. It's an old movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, just I ex- still <laughs> laughed because it's just everyone trying to get that sweet cash. Mm-hmm. Flora finally wants to know what the fuck's going on because everyone's just kind of keeping it from her. And her dad finally tells her. And she's like, well, I'll just go get him because he's my fiance. He has to listen to me, which yeah, you Kemp, know what? Makes sense. Kemp calls Dr. Cranley and tells him, hey. Jack Griffin's here. He's the invisible man. He's the invisible man. This is a problem. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, the doc brings his daughter after saying, leave me alone. Both of their scenes together start with her coming in, saying something, and him being like, leave me alone. Father. I wish you'd leave me alone, Flora, when I'm working. What is it? Tell me. Oh, leave me alone, Flora, please. Flora and Dr. Cranley show up at Kemp's place. She finally gets to talk to him and see 
him as the invisible man and she asks why <laughs> like what have you been doing this whole time and he tells her that he wants to do it for for glory and power totally for her unlimited power <laughs> he says he loves power yeah. he also says he loves her funny little hat yes your funny little head <laughs> that funny little head i always liked uh, oh, you know what? Right before that, I forgot to mention, there's a cool, like, uh, very modern, sleek kind of thing where the cops are discussing their plans, and it, it starts with a meeting of them talking, and then the the it goes into a voiceover as there are these They're wipes. The... They're like wipes of all these scenes of, like, people preparing stuff. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. 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 It's often, yeah. It, it is weird, because we take that for granted. St- like editing like that yeah. but someone had to figure out that's a cool way to do something yeah to be like oh you know what we want to see people preparing for this but we also want to hear this information what if we did those at the same, the same time? time instead of having the scene of them talking and then the scene of yes them preparing. which if you are watching really old movies that kind of stuff is happening and why it's Ooh, silent silent film class probably one of the Oof. worst like it's just it's tough yeah because at that point we hadn't figured out how to really streamline shit. Yeah. <laughs> um i will you know what big ups for this movie it is what 71 72 minutes 72 minutes hour and 12 Fuck, minutes yes. man go watch that shit while you're in the bathroom <laughs> you can do it <laughs> yes <laughs> i think it's it's not even that it was a bad movie. I wanted it to be over. I loved it. It's a great, great like it's a legitimately great movie. But I love so much that I didn't need any more of it. It does what it wants to do, and it doesn't pad itself to make it fit this arbitrary ninety minutes. Well, you know, I think movies back then were closer, maybe to seventy minutes than ninety. Yeah, which is fine with me, man. Yeah, great. I'll take it. Don't be longer than you need to be. Yeah. Uh, uh this uh, this is when he's saying. That the moon's afraid of him. Even the moon is frightened of me. Like, what? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, dude, you're crazy. And he's telling Kemp they can be bosom friends. We are partners. Bosom friends. Yes, I love bosom friends. Not even bosom buddies, which is at least an alliteration. We'll be bosom friends. Shoot, I wrote down that line somewhere about the moon being afraid of him. It's even the moon's frightened of me. You nailed it. I got it. Okay. You got it. I thought you had written it. (laughs) I just remembered it because it's great. Even the moon's frightened of me. So yeah, the cops show up in their red rover towards the house. Yeah, they form a giant circle. Arms linked. And obviously he gets through that. All you got to do is fucking crouch. Oh, importantly, she... She tells Jack that, hey, the monocane made you go crazy. Oh. After he's like, your dad's an idiot. I'm awesome. And I'm going <laughs> to rule the world. She's like, yeah, well, the monocane's making you lose your mind. So, yeah. So and, there. And on his way out to the to get through the cops, very good defense line. He tells Kemp, I shall kill you. I shall kill you. I shall kill you tomorrow. I shall yep. kill you at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, dude. That's literally, he says it like seven times. He schedules his, his murder at yes, 10, at 10 o'clock. And then, and then he, he runs out there and he swings a cop around by the feet. <laughs> yeah, it's so and then good. The guy's pants come off. He like flies out of his pants. Yep. It's, I love it. It's great, dude. I love it. Oh, we after <laughs> after the invisible man escapes the cops, he just starts stripping again. And then he's a pair of pants skipping down the street, and it's <laughs> this poor woman is screaming and running away, and he's singing. Here we go gathering nuts and may, nuts and may, nuts and may. Here we go gathering nuts and may on a cold and frosty morning. Uh they tell the cops, like uh uh what's his name? Doctor Doctor Cranley tells Dr. the cops. Cranley tells the cops that hey, it's, it's Griffin. Griffin. It's my employee. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> he's a miserable man 
So um, they're on the hunt for him. And, and listen, Kemp's losing it because he is going to get murdered at 10 p.m. Yeah, and they're like, oh, we can use that. He'll show up at 10. We'll, uh, we'll just be waiting for him We'll there. use you as bait. We'll totally protect you. It's fine. Yeah, meanwhile, Invisible Man is on a fucking crime spree. Oh, man. He kills people looking for him, mm-hmm. and then he crashes a fucking train. Yeah. So what did you say he's commonly on the list of? Yeah, When if you look up lists of like, uh, what what horror movie villains have killed the most people? As I I'm I know you all have. Don't fucking lie. You've all googled that before. I have too. Don't worry. But it's my job. Jason tops the list no matter what. But on many lists, you'll find at number two, Invisible Man. Wow, cause because of this train. Yeah, he crashes this train, and they say a hundred a hundred people died. They in the confirm a hundred people. And then I think they say twenty died in the search party. So it's like puts him up there i think that puts him over michael maybe not wow. michael michael's got a lot he's over 100 wow and then freddie's chilling at like 40 or something Ooh, like that. really freddie's low man yeah but, but his the, are his the fine. quality yeah. yeah so oh yeah he robs a bank at this point he's throwing money around he's, oh, he he yeah. walks outside he's like i'm the invisible man look money 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 a present from the invisible man money 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 <laughs> We cut back to the cops. This is when they have the giant net and yeah. these and these little like guns filled with paint in them. Um, they spray a cat. They do. They spray a cat on and accident. I think with they paint. fucking really did it because there was a white cat a and then there was a cat. very wet black cat. And I feel like they they sprayed that cat. Yeah. Hope that cat's okay. Well, that cat's dead. <laughs> yeah, that cat's very dead. Their plan is to what send Kemp away in this getaway car. Um, and so Kemp gets in this car, drives away, and oops, Jack is just there. He's in the backseat because yeah, he listened to another plan. Yeah. He, but he was following him the whole night. So he's in the back of the car and he, he hijacks this car and tells Kemp to fuck himself and <laughs> ties him up, puts him in the front seat and is like, you're, I'm going to send you over that cliff. And he tells him that he's going to basically just put the car in neutral and let the Kemp's car. Kemp's like, I'll do anything you want. And he's like. I want you to die. <laughs> and he fucking sends that car off the cliff and it blows up. They blow up he a car. He just kills Kemp. Yeah. Wow. He kills him good. Like yeah. that car goes up. Which I guess flames. doesn't happen in the book. Yeah. Okay. The Kemp character is is a character, but he does not get killed. Okay. So this movie was like, no, we're going to just fucking no, kill fuck him. No, fuck it. We're just going to do that. <laughs> it's a good scene. It's great. I couldn't tell if they destroyed a car or like what or if it was like a miniature or something i don't know i don't know it could have been a uh a car where there's not any insides to it oh yeah just like a shell that they threw off yeah and they put like like, pyrotechnics inside i don't know i don't know i don't really know (laughs) effects on that scale i don't really know how that's done um but after a good night of killing you gotta get some rest Ew, yeah, he goes to this barn and lays down. He's naked because he's invisible, yep. and he lays on this hay, and he's like, ah, "It feels good. Feels good." It's like, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it feels awful. You're laying naked in a stack of hay. Ew, I would be so itchy. I'm itchy. allergic to. Ew. Hay. I'm allergic to everything, but the, I just think about that. And I feel like I'm mice in there. I feel like I'm getting hives thinking oh, about oh, it. Oh no. Yeah. Then this, <laughs> the guy who owns the barn comes in. And realizes, oh, yep, that's a invisible man right there. Yeah, because he's snoring. Because he's snoring. You need some nose strips if you're going to be invisible, man. I do love whenever he 
sits or lays down somewhere there you do see the imprint of his body like there's a shot which is maybe my favorite shot in the whole movie where he sits on a chair and you see the little butt imprint yeah it's so good and Kemp is like <gasps> his butt <laughs> <laughs> so shapely and it's so naked he's like oh his naked ass is oh, all over my chair his fucking sweaty taint is just you can <laughs> see like the imprint of his invisible balls just like in the chair <laughs> like no damn it yeah Oh, so, um, God, where are we even? I'm just thinking about his. Well, the guy, the, uh, (laughs) quit thinking of his invisible dick, honey. Can't stop. The barn owner goes and tells the police and they smoke him out. Yep. Smoke him out by lighting it on fire. They light up that barn and the, the, the barn doors burst open and the invisible man walks out. And this is when it's, there's the footprints in the snow and they should be feet. To create the invisible man's ghostly footprints. Foot-shaped blocks of wood were dropped out of a specially constructed platform covered with artificial snow. They shoot him. Yeah, they shoot him. They shoot him as a little man because they can see his footprints. He didn't think of snow. Yeah, idiot. Yeah, you idiot. I mean, they could have. That was my idea. I would be that person calling the cops and be like, I have an idea for how you can catch the invisible man. I'd be in that montage. Just like surround the building that you know he's in with just powder everywhere. Yeah. Because then he can't jump down or... Like that shit you put on a carpet before you vacuum. What? Did you not push it on a carpet before you vacuum? Like a powder? Oh, yeah. I've seen that before. Yeah, because that's what my parents would use to make big uh, bunny prints on Easter and say that the that's Easter bunny visited right. with that powder. That's so cute. Yeah. They don't kill him right away. They, I guess they shoot him through both lungs, though. <laughs> they shot him through both lungs. <laughs> um, that sucks. So he gets taken to the hospital, and the doctor tells Dr. Cranley... Um, that yeah he's dying we shot him through both lungs so <laughs> if you can get your daughter to come see him because apparently I don't know how they know this but as he's dying they know that the invisible stuff will wear off and he'll sure. turn back into a dude which is a cool effect yeah because he so as he's dying he turns back into a person but skull first like yes skeleton it's first. really cool because they could have just had it fade from invisible to a person laying there but they have it fade from invisible to a skeleton to a person so it's kind of like he's coming back from the inside out which is really neat yeah i liked and, that uh, last that's claude effect. rains it's yep one Hands clear zone. shot of him in this movie yeah laying on the bed looks dead. young in yeah this. yeah so that's that that's inv- that's the invisible man it's a short movie yeah it's a fun watch it made us want to just watch that whole fucking box set. yeah it really did like seriously don't discount these older movies, especially these pre-code movies, if you think older movies are boring, honestly, a lot of them are. Yeah, and because they have, they're so restricted. Yeah, and even like even this movie, like old movies, they have a different style. They have a different cinematic language. Yes, people act different, and you know, you might think it's cheesy or it's but like, but you, just accept it. You have to. You have to it. remember too. Back when we're first starting to make, because at this point, movies where people are talking are like five years old. Yeah. And you have to remember this is fresh that, out of like, silent films. This is it they're they're learning how to act for film because back then there is no way to act for film. You just have acting for the stage, which is a totally different style. And we know that now. But back then you have like stage actors coming to do film. Yeah. And even older movies too, you have the issue where stuff is shot like a play because we just hadn't, you know, come up with ways to shoot that maybe look closer to what we do now. Yeah. Where it's like not may- shot like a play. 
Yeah, where it's think, like head-on shot of like big open room, like sitcoms where there's sitcoms a sitcoms are very much like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a set. You shoot from one side of the set, so you always see the same sides of the room. The scenes in this where they feel the most like a play to me are the. It's the beginning with you meet Dr. Cranley and Dr. Kemp, and then Flora comes in. Yeah, it's all like in this big open kind of mansion space, and it goes from like room to room where it looks like they're walking through a set. Yeah, it and like that goes is open past on one side. Mm-hmm. So that's often what you get with these older movies is we're kind of like they're taking their knowledge from stage acting and stage performance because, yeah, they don't have a reference for film acting or any like blocking or anything like that. It's people figuring that out because it's so new. Yeah, but still a lot of fun. Oh my God. Yeah. Like this is so, I mean, you get like so many inklings of, of, modern film in this that it's really cool to see and i think these older code movies too it feels so much more real like i don't know i feel like i i have an easier time seeing the people making it than i do with like the bigger like hollywood style very squeaky clean definitely you know but yeah it's just like it's crazy how old this movie is probably every single person who worked on this movie is no longer living yeah probably you know assume that you're about 20 youngest working on this that means you're born in like 19 oh whatever yeah you're probably dead yeah it's crazy man mm-hmm. and it's cool to see something that old mm-hmm. i don't know it's just cool to see something that old man yeah so yeah check it out uh and then you can extra enjoy the maze at halloween horror nights Ooh, which you yeah. should definitely go to if you it's haven't been to year. horror nights yet if you're in la or uh la or florida if you're in la or orlando (laughs) definitely watch the movie and then go through yeah and this is one of the best mazes there's a lot of good mazes this year but this is one of the best yeah this and poltergeist are probably the two best Mm -hmm. dope ass mazes i love it can't wait to go back yes but uh next week we have a very fun episode a very fun oh my goodness we filmed it already and I, i have to edit it but Oh my goodness. It's it's going to be great. It's going to be You're going to love it. It's Horny for Horror yeah. and Dead Meat Podcast joining up. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And we're playing a very fun game. Yeah, so in in this week before then, go listen to Horny for Horror. That's Horny the number 4 horror just so you get to know them. There are 3 hilarious they're three of the There's, funniest people i know yeah all of them huge horror heads yeah and uh if you're a patron and you've listened to commentary tracks you've already heard adam and mono who have uh been on commentary tracks with us and then betsy is one of the funniest people who's ever lived yeah and they joined us and it for a very fun game trust me get pumped yeah it's fucking great yeah Cool, but until then, oh, I guess social media, Dead Meat James, Twitter and Instagram. Yep, uh, Carebeck, C-A-R-E-V-E-C-C on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> and if you want merch, deadmeatstore.com. That's right, and you can email us at deadmeatpod at gmail.com with suggestions, yes. comments, feedback. Whatever. Anything. We'll read it. Might not respond, but we read them all. Yeah, I, I definitely try to read she, them all. She yeah. Reads them all, yeah. Cool, until then, I'm James. I'm Chelsea. And this has been the Dead Meat Podcast. Yeah.